0: Welcome to the DFO Rundown podcast with Frank Saravalli and Jason Greger on
1: dailyfaceoff.com. Delivered by DoorDash. Welcome to episode 88. The Patrick Kane or Eric Lindros or David Pasternak edition of the DFO Rundown. Some pretty sweet number 88. Frank, how are you doing? Um, you know which one I'd be picking? Coming the from Kane? Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. And Lindros. Ooh, all right. Uh, yeah, number... It's It's one of the few jerseys I ever owned as a kid. I'll say that. Oh, hey man, you know what? It's really too bad. Linjo got injured. Cause he was an absolute freight train for the longest time, man. Oh, mm-hmm. he would have been,
2: you know, arguably one of the three or five best players of all time. I think.
1: Yeah. Just so big and strong. And, uh, unfortunately, he had his career uh, ended too short, but uh, Pasternak and Kane, uh, I think they've got pretty good careers going. Yeah, uh, for sure. Pat. Well, we could have the whole debate one day, Frank. Is Patrick Kane going to be considered the greatest American player of all time? I think he may already be. Yeah. You think is that is? fair? OK, I, I mean, uh, it's close, scoring, but just the best. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it, look, there's been lots of good ones. Uh, Brett Hull, Mike Madano, go down the list. Patrick Kane is
1: really kind of already there. I would think. Yeah, no. yeah, he's a pretty good player. And he's got the cups to prove it. Yeah, no, that's true. Hey, uh, lots going on. Uh, you're going to have an interview with uh, Bobby Margarita coming up uh, later on in the pod. But um, a crazy week in the National Hockey League. we got games postponed. Another one announced today. Montreal and Boston uh, will not be playing uh, tonight as uh, obviously uh, COVID is running rampant. Montreal played without fans. Do you... Do you... Some people are saying, "Oh, they should shut down." You know, we saw Nick Cousins suggest that. I don't see that makes zero or... sense. Yeah,
2: here's why: COVID's not going anywhere. If you could pause the season and, and guarantee that two weeks from now we would have no more positive tests, everyone would decide right now, "Yes, let's do it." It's the same reason why a shutdown doesn't work or a lockdown doesn't work and hasn't worked in, in government is because. There's no way to stop this spread. At some point, the borders open up. At some point, people are flying around the, the world, transporting a variant that is first discovered in, in South Africa, ends up all over the world and is now, is now going through the NHL like wildfire. The Omicron variant has been confirmed in a number of NHL players to this point. And, you know, it, there's no way to stop it. And the NHL's hope is to grind through as many games as possible and especially grind through as many games as possible. When there's fans in the building their, their goal is to get through the season and to make as much money as possible. And they want to do it in as safe a manner as possible. So their hope with the testing is, you know, so people, this is the other sort of argument that's popped up is should the NHL change the way they deal with asymptomatic players, because the vast majority of players to this point that have tested positive are asymptomatic. <clears throat> That's not to say that some players haven't been symptomatic. I talked to a few guys that tested positive this week. Their response has been, you know, I I have some body aches. I have a fever. I have a sore throat. Um, You know, it feels like a a, a typical cold at this point because they are double vaxxed and some of them have actually gotten their booster. So they feel pretty fortunate in terms of how they uh, they're dealing with the symptoms and managing them um but here's why they can't the NFL has changed their rules this week yeah. they only need one negative test at 24 hours apart from their positive to then be able to reassimilate with their team the NHL requires essentially 3 days and two straight negative tests yeah. which is a little more stringent and the reason why they can't go to the NFL model as much as it's been in conversation and they've actually talked about this with their medical experts, the reason is they have a border concern. You know, you look at the Carolina hurricanes, Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis, they were stuck in Vancouver in their hotel room for a few days until they could get a medical evacuation plane to transport them down to Washington state to then have owner Tom Dundon send a private plane to get them and bring them all the way back to Raleigh, North Carolina. It's a headache crossing the border when you've got positive tests. You look at the Montreal-Boston game that you mentioned is postponed. That's one of the first sort of over-border games for teams that have are dealing with positive tests. Uh, so they can't do it for the border reason, and they also can't do it because just because you're asymptomatic doesn't mean that the person that you're transmitting the virus to potentially will also be asymptomatic. Every body reacts and treats this differently and has a different immune response, which is why you see some players on the team with the same variant. One guy's asymptomatic, another guy's symptomatic. So, um, you know, it's, there's no stopping it. The reason they've moved to daily testing is they're hoping to catch it when maybe only three or four guys have it so that it doesn't turn into 23.
1: Yeah, and that makes a, that makes total sense. And uh, I agree with you, I think, from a financial standpoint, uh, even from an emotional standpoint for a lot of people, people are just tired out from this. They don't want to see more lockdown. So I, I do think there's a there's a big positive for society as a whole to see there's some normalcy and that you can keep going uh, with different things. So hopefully that happens. Uh, the other thing is, though, Frank, it, like you're seeing, you know, Eric Carlson and more players are talking more, you know, you've heard coaches and them like the Olympics just seems highly unlikely at this point, unless there's some. A big change between now and, you know, late January.
2: It's difficult to see a path forward for the NHL. I think we're really, you know, teetering here of you're looking at probably one more significant team shutdown. Like, I, I don't think the Calgary Flames are going to be playing again before Christmas. No, uh, you could make the argument that they may not be playing again until calendar year 2022. they you know, their number of positive tests is going up. It, you know, is was another two on Thursday. We'll see what the report is on Friday today. Um, you know, they're in one right now. Uh, all their coaches, they're, you know, this is spread to the training staff, management. Like, it's, it's not isolated at all. And I think the scary and difficult part is there's multiple family members now that are attached to the Calgary Flames that have also tested positive. So, this is not just a hockey thing. It, it also is... Uh, it, it becomes an all-encompassing family thing. And when you talk about the Olympics, you know, you're thinking you know, we're, the NHL had promised players that they would hold up their end of the bargain as long as there's no material disruption to their season relating to COVID-19. Well, we're past the point of just one or two games being postponed. We've got an entire team shut down. And it's, it just so happens to be at the worst timing of it, you know, leading right up to making this decision but this this variant you see the impact in the NFL you see the impact in the NBA they're testing positive at at all-time highs right now and the NHL you know you've got 72 players as of Thursday night that are actively in covid protocol it's it's 10% of the league that is actively in protocol so you know we're teetering on that edge of maybe one or two more teams being shut down where there is no chance That players are going to the Olympics and no matter what the NHL has said about leaving it up to players, some of whom are also uneasy on their own, the NHL is going to make the decision for them at a certain point because there's just no way to get the season completed otherwise.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And we've talked about this on the pod before that it's not just, oh, well, they've got these two extra weeks uh, during that time because Uh, A lot of the buildings have a full uh, other events going on. So uh, when they can, some teams will be able to make up some of their games. I looked at the Calgary flames building schedule and uh, they will have some open nights. They still have, of course, they're one of the few. Yeah. I think it's
2: Calgary, Seattle. There's a a few that don't have much on their schedule in February, but other than that, like, you know, we talked about, it. can't blame these buildings that sat vacant for so long. You've got to schedule concerts and family shows and ice shows throw that all on the calendar they got to try and make their money that they lost out on a couple years ago
1: quickly i want to talk about one thing frank i don't know if you saw it but on on wednesday night alex ovechkin took the lead in the in the scoring race in the nhl that's the first time that a a non-oiler was in the lead in the uh, scoring race since like november of 2019 which is ridiculous but the fact that it's ovechkin like Ovi like, I'm still marveling at this guy because I think a lot of, oh yeah, hot start, he'll slow down. He's not slowing down. It's just amazing to me, man. Like it's become the story. Like I, I make sure I watch Washington games more now than ever. And I and trust me, like I Ovechkin was my favorite player to watch for the longest time. Like I just I loved his enthusiasm. He was a big guy who could score goals and he could run to fit. Like he was a power forward. Now, if you go back to guys like Shanahan and Kachuk, the difference was they would fight every now and then. That's the only reason Ovi, you know, is like little difference because he doesn't fight. But at two hundred thirty pounds, he's so strong. Two thirty, right. he ain't two thirty. that's it's probably a little bit more than that now. But for the longest time, when he was a young Ovi, he was two thirty. Well. I think Tyler needs to start a counter. I think, I think Jay's got a little man crush on Ovi. Oh, dude, I'll admit it. Ovi's, Ovi's the guy hundred percent, hundred percent. A little salt and pepper now. Good for him. <laughs> I mean, this is two pods in a row that we're marveling over
2: Ovi. This is, by the way, you want to hear another wild stat, not just the Oilers not leading the scoring race. This is the first time in six years beyond the first day of the season that Alex Ovechkin has led the league in scoring. Yeah. So it's been a while. You mentioned not uh, he he doesn't seem to age. Uh, what I like is is this component that he's added to his game with the assists, with especially with Nick Backstrom being out. And I wonder now with Backstrom coming back, does first off does that significantly change the dynamic in Washington? That team's been rolling along for a while now, but does it have an impact on on Ovi and his assist totals? Because you know theoretically, you know Backstrom has been the big disher. And, and you don't have him in the lineup for this extended period of time to start the year. Well, Ovi's been piling up the assists. Does that total suddenly now go by the wayside? Was it, was it maybe, maybe we're talking about all along Alex Ovechkin is, is a really good passer as well and playmaker that we, he just maybe never got the credit for because he was playing with another elite playmaker in Nicholas Backstrom for so long.
1: Yeah, well, back's from third amongst the active players and assists. So, yeah, it makes uh, sense that he was the disher and Ovi, of course, was the finisher. And yeah, I just think it's kind of wild to watch. Um, let's bring in uh, Tyler now for uh, a rip roaring edition of uh, By Yourself. Yeah. So that's Ross- two, Tyler. Let's keep that counter going. Two yeah, Ovi two Frank-
0: crushes in one week. And you're going to love the first buy or sell question when we get into it. Brought to you by our friends at DoorDash. It's the weekend. You don't want to cook. Go on the DoorDash app. It's incredibly easy to use. You can plug in the promo code RundownDD, gets you 25% off and no delivery fees on your first order. Pick your favorite restaurant. A couple minutes goes by, then ding dong food's at your door. All right. Alex Ovechkin, 59 assists. As my friend Bagged Milk would say, he's not just growing an apple tree, he's growing an entire orchard. I'm sorry. His career high is 59 assists. He has 25 and 29 games buy or sell on Ovechkin hitting the 60 assist mark this year.
2: Buy. I mean, w- w- you look at the pace, you look at the achievable career total. He he's on, you know, he's on pace for what 70 something. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I-, I would take that all day of the week, every day of the week.
1: Yeah. Even with the return of Backstrom, I think, uh, I think Ovi, you know, even if he slows down a bit and has less production, uh, he'll still get to uh, 60.
0: The Vancouver Canucks just keep on winning under Bruce Boudreaux. They are currently on pace for 79 points this season. Canucks hitting the 80 point mark this year. Buying or selling on that, Jason?
1: Yeah, I'll buy that they get to 80. I know they're red hot right now. Uh, Aiden Hill helped them last night. Uh, he was pretty weak in net for the San Jose Sharks. But um, I think the, uh, the Canucks are rolling. They're playing a lot more aggressive, up-tempo game. And, and like I had said earlier, guys, when, when they fired their coach, their best players weren't playing very well or some of them anyway. And the odds of them turning it around were a lot higher because it's your best players. When your team's terrible and your best guys are playing good, that's when you're in trouble. So I think they can get to 80 plus for sure.
2: I am going to say, I'm going to take it a step further here. I'm mm-hmm. going to say that the Vancouver Canucks by season's end will be in the comp- the playoff conversation. Six in a row. And I, obviously, I don't think that they're as good as the record indicates. But I was at Bruce Boudreaux's first ever NHL game as a head coach. I remember what that Washington team was like. And they were struggling. 6-14-1 when Bruce Boudreaux took over in his first year in Washington. They went on a 37-17-7 run to end the season made the playoffs granted it was in the south least division but <laughs> they made the playoffs they lost in the first round in 7 games i believe to the flyers i think i covered that season, that series and he was able to turn around a bad team i, I think that they're not they they've played more games than everyone else and that's really their one detriment to this point is mm-hmm. their runway is shortened compared to other teams but look at Couple of the teams that they've already leapfrogged in points in the West. I don't know. I, I think there's a chance to to maybe catch one of those wild card spots. Not ready to declare them dead yet.
0: Fair enough. Uh, you guys know me. I love a little bit of trade talk, so that's where I'm going with uh, the next two here. The first one, Jacob Chikrin, first real big name we've seen kind of on the the trade market this year in terms of star players buying or selling on him finishing the year with the Coyotes, Frank.
3: Hmm.
2: I am gonna buy, I think if Jacob chicken gets traded, I think it's an off season trade. Okay.
1: Yeah. You know what? I, I tend to agree with you. I think it's rare to have guys like that, like at the deadline to trade a guy with three years left on his contract. Like it's you, a blockbuster. Yeah. It would have a to be trade. So I know, Eric, like I think I said at the start of the year, man, like Jacob Tricker he must be looking around that room like, holy cow, like, do I want to be here the whole time? So I think they're they're going to use him. And I think in the offseason, there'll be some teams who are disappointed with what they want and said, hey, we can go out and get a big mobile left defenseman who's got a really good cap hit for the next few years. Yeah. I think they'll get some value as they continue to be in their complete rebuild.
0: So, That's yeah, the only I'm reason I think it. I th- the only reason I think he could get moved is because of that cap hit, right? Like a contender can fit that in at the deadline relatively easily.
1: That's true, but they yeah. got to give up a lot. And mm-hmm. I, like, I would hope Arizona doesn't want just draft picks because if they do, they're never going to be good. You can't just win with futures. Any of those draft picks, most of them aren't helping them for three, four, five years.
0: It's like the old mystery box, right? They, they could be as I, good as I don't as even Jacob think Shaker. they're
1: really trying to trade him. Like, I, I think they they're
2: listening because they have to. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he needs to take every call that's coming his way. It, that's GM Bill Armstrong, but they could use like six Jacob Chickerns, not zero.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and on like, that
2: contract, like, well, I mean, that's it's like,
0: it's perfect. I'll trade him. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, second name I want to talk about. It's not as sexy of a player, but Anton Hudobin cleared waivers, uh, buying or selling on him, playing another game in the NHL this season, Frank.
2: I'll buy that. Uh, there's been so many goalies, you know, look at some of the guys that have played, uh, John Gillies played Devin Dubnik signed, uh, in Charlotte. I just think that there's so, there's such a need for goalies, not just with injuries, but also with COVID that Hudobin will be back in short order somewhere, provided that he goes to the AHL and looks pretty decent.
1: I'll buy that just because of injuries right now that Bishop's officially retired. If Ottinger or Holt did, you know, a, a slight groin strain and suddenly who Dobin's recall, but I don't see it being for another team. I, I don't see I, another team picking him up. He's got a contract.
2: I don't know why a team like Colorado wouldn't make sense. I know their cap implications, but think about what's doomed that team in the playoffs. Think about how good they are. And then think about Darcy Kemper's injury history. Think about how he's been hurt already this year. Francose has been hurt. You know, they had they were trotting out Jonas Johansson for a number of nights, and he's not an NHL goalie. You know, you need a safety blanket, a, a, a safety valve, a security blanket that, you know, can can keep Joe Sackick warm at night.
1: Yeah, Colorado, that's a great example because they do need goaltending depth. And if Minnesota is going to eat 30 or 40 percent of it and suddenly you get them as a backup for two mil, well, then it makes sense. Uh,
2: yeah, Yeah, I don't know. I don't see I don't see it in a lot of places, but Colorado jumps out to me as one that makes sense.
0: Uh, For my last one here, we're not even doing a buy or sell or anything. I just have a question I want to ask you guys. We got Bobby Margarita (laughs) coming up on the show here. Uh, Mike McKenna and I threw this around on a daily face-off show last week when uh, the Bobby Margarita thing first came out. If you could put your face on any product, if you could have your own version of something sold in stores, what would you be picking, Frank?
2: I honestly, I don't don't have an answer here. Um, Mike McKenna's (laughs) answer was pizza.
0: Yeah, I he went basic. Like I good... just said beer.
1: Hmm. Jay, what do you got? Well, I would like to design a, a, a mixture of Jube Jubes okay. combined with like a a chocolate caramel nougat. And I know, like,
0: I <laughs> <laughs> and his internet just what was that? Jay, your internet gave out right at the end there.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's me <laughs> barfing. So you got you got to have a good mixture. Of a few sweets together. That's that's what I okay. would uh, strive for. I kind of like a lot of oh, different gummies, so uh, I would go for uh, I would go for that.
2: Like you know, you could I'm a gummy a- candy guy, but if you put chocolate on any gummy, like I'm barfing.
1: Okay, well that's all right. Frank. <laughs> and you would you wouldn't be into Gregor's gummies, but a lot of people might.
2: Like I'm uh, um, well. It- gregor's gummies like now i'm getting excited are we talking about edibles here like what are we doing
1: <laughs> who knows well you see that, that now there's something frank honestly i'd have no clue like never tried an edible um i think i smoked <laughs> pot once when i was younger and i just couldn't <laughs> inhale i'm hacking all over you know like that loser at a party when you're 19 you like dude, you don't know what you're doing well that was totally me and then i never did it again
2: there's nothing wrong with that uh, yeah um we're not advocating this? for any sort of drug use illegal or legal. <laughs> no, but um I think for me I would uh some kind of donut. Like some uh, I I I would like some kind of sweet like I I'm a I don't know. I, look at me. I like everything. <laughs> um I'd like something I don't know, uniquely me, like Philly, uniquely me, a cheesesteak you, something.
1: You're you're the you're the like we have we have what do they have uh um Tim Biebs. We could have like a, a, a crispy Frank or something like that. A crispy cream (laughs) Frank. How about like a hot dog donut, crispy Franks, a hot dog. Like, so a donut
2: wrapped in like a hot dog wrapped in donut and then deep fried. Huh.
0: This has gone to some really weird places, weird. but I like um, it. I'm,
2: I'm here for it.
0: <laughs> All right. Uh, that's going to do it. I don't think you're going to be seeing either Gregor's gummies or Frank's deep fried hot dog donuts on DoorDash anytime, but there are plenty of great options there. Uh, that's going to do it for another edition of buy or sell.
1: Hey, hey, don't rule it out. Never say never. That would be uh that would be sick. You got to have a pitch man. Now, um frank had an interview with bobby margarita who is of course our uh, big guest today brought to you by fansfirst.ca are you sick of paying fees that's the greatest part you can get your choice of any games and there's no fees it's outstanding check it out right now at fanfirst.ca because what it is it's for the fans and here is frank and bobby margarita
2: You know our next guest as the original Hockey Insider, now the semi-retired Hockey Insider, and he's turned to his next calling in life as a booze mogul after launching Bobby Margarita. Bob McKenzie, welcome to the DFO Rundown. How are you doing?
3: Excellent, Frank. How are you doing? And and I feel like, you know, as as proud as I am of the, the career that I had in media, I really feel like it was just preparing me for this career as Bobby Margarita, because the amount of drinking that's done over the course of a 40 plus year career in the media, it's significant. So I I feel really justified that all those late nights and hard mornings were preparation and really research and development for the, the new life that I have now with Bobby Margarita.
2: It's so well said. I mean, I'm only a quarter of the <laughs> way in, but I can attest to the <laughs> amount of alcohol required at times. But in all seriousness, how did we get here? You know, tell us about the genesis. Uh, and first off, tell us where you can get it. I know you're live and launched in Alberta. What's next? Yeah. And where, where's this heading?
3: Okay. Well, first off, just in case anybody, we need product placement. Look at There's that. Bobby, look at a beautiful can, Bobby margarita, hockey stick, hockey stick, as I like to say for the drink. And then I like when you turn it around on the side and you can... Oh. He oh yeah, the legend of bobby margarita a little story um but he, here's the thing so 2016 i'm grinding away in the playoffs and uh it, i'm in in studio every night and i just decided i did an early sports center hit i had an hour to kill before it was time for to go watch games so i was bored and i went over to the best buy across the road from tsn I was just looking around to see, I didn't really need anything. And I, I saw a frozen concoction maker, Jimmy Buffett, Margaritaville. And so I thought, Oh, look at that. That'd be cool. Maybe I'll make some margaritas in the summer. And, and I'd never really mixed margaritas on my own, but when I, whenever I was in Dallas and we, or somewhere in the States, somewhere warm and Southern We'd go to dinner at a Mexican restaurant and have margaritas. And I thought, oh, those are really good. I like those. But I'd never actually gone about mixing one myself. So anyways, I'll try and make this long story relatively short. (laughs) Um, So I go buy the thing at Best Buy. I tuck it away until I go on vacation. It's free agent frenzy's over. It's the first week of July, July 7th, 2016. And I think, oh, I gotta bust out that Jimmy Buffett margaritaville frozen concoction maker makes margaritas. Go online. I don't even know how to mix a margarita. Go online. I get Martha Stewart's margarita recipe um, online, whip them up, and it was outstanding. Really enjoyed it. And just for, you know, just for shits and giggles, I I videotaped me using the Margaritaville thing, and I posted it on Twitter, and I changed my handle from Bob McKenzie to Bobby Margarita. It kind of took off. I mean, a whole bunch of people thought it was really funny, and and over time, I kind of leaned into it. A lot of people leaned into it, so much so that even, like, a year or two ago, I'd break a trade or post some news on Twitter and all the replies are like, oh, it's a Bobby Margarita bomb and you know, Bobby Margarita just broke a trade. And and so
2: I was at the BOG meetings this week and that's all the like, they, hey, how's Bobby Margarita? Like they only refer <laughs> to you as as that.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. I never anticipated it. So anyways, my son, Sean, and I, as we were sitting at the cottage at times, drinking wine or margaritas or whatever you know, we, we often talked about, wow, wouldn't it be cool if there was actually a drink Bobby Margarita, you know, maybe one day a tequila company will come and knock on our door and say, Hey, we want to make a Bobby Margarita. And, and it was mostly fanciful thinking. And, and then Sean said, we should, uh, we should, just the Bobby Margarita brand might be a laugh. Let's make some t-shirts or hats and sell some merch just for, just for fun. And uh, I'm like, yeah, you know, it it sounded like a good idea, but I'm like, yeah, I I don't have time for that. So um, that was kind of where it was at. And then in March, all of a sudden out of the blue, Sean got a a text message from a guy he knew. His name is Brock James. He used to be a Molson rep in London, Ontario, when Sean went to school there. And right out of the blue, he he sent a text and just said, hey, I work for the Ace Beverage Company now. They do Cottage Springs, Ace Hill, which is real big in Ontario. I think they're the number one, producer of ready-to-make cocktails in Ontario. And uh, anyways, Brock just texted Sean and said, hey, got some of this Ace Hill Mexican lager beer. Uh, I'd like to get some to you if you like it. Maybe you'll post about it on social. And Sean says to the guy, oh, you work for Ace. Call me. So the guy called Sean and Sean explained uh, the, the concept of Bobby Margarita. Could it be a ready-to-drink cocktail? And the guy goes, yeah, let's do this. And that was in March sometime. And by, by the end of May, we had an application into the LCBO. By June, we were doing tasting panels. By July, we had a finalized liquid. By the middle of the summer, we had the, the can design and the colors and the logo, and, uh, and here we are. And, and to the question you originally asked, it's available now in Alberta. January 1, it goes into Nova Scotia. Um, April is the LCBO in Ontario. Saskatchewan and Prince Edward Island. And we're hopeful of being in all the other provinces too. But in Canada, it's, you know, liquor sales are pretty regulated at various governments, the so provincial governments. all done. It's all done provincially. You can't rule something out nationally in Canada. You have to go province by province and everybody's got different application processes and whatever. So we're applying to be wherever we can.
2: So I was a little sour. I see on social media, lots of different, Media people and former colleagues that you worked with, they get a little gift box that arrives at their door. When can you cross the border? When is Bobby Margarita yeah. truly going to become one of your other nicknames, Mr. Worldwide?
3: Mr. Worldwide, exactly. There, there are a, a host of complications about trying to do it in the uh, in the U.S., um, probably not the least of which is the expense incurred and amongst other things. But, you know, Frank, you being a special guy and all, I'm sure we'll smuggle some oh, Bobby Margarita. Like we, we have to, we have to get, we need to get in duty free shots, <laughs> 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 I guess, is I guess what I'm saying now. Are, are you coming to the world junior?
2: I am not. I'm not
3: bad. I was going to say,
2: uh, you you, up. are you, are you, are you transporting a truckload cross country? What are you doing? <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, but there's all sorts of product in Alberta, and the World Juniors are in Alberta. So, but sure. uh, but we'll you know and, and listen. I'm I hear you because you know I Bobby Margarita Worldwide headquarters are here on Balsam Lake in Ontario, but we have a branch office at Naples, Florida, and um, and I'm trying to figure out how the uh, how the shipping is going to work to get Bobby Margarita to uh, to its founder in florida first before we hook up frank in philadelphia yeah so
2: tell me how this whole margarita thing started because you spend enough time around someone and you you learn to know you know what they drink so you you know you've always kind of been a rum and diet guy spiced rum and diet Um, not
3: spiced rum amber rum
2: Amber rum, okay. Amber rum and diet with just a little ice, right? Just
3: no, so a lot of. You're ice. not big on no, the ice. Oh, oh okay. so, a so, lot of ice. So the actual, sorry, the actual order for decades was rum and diet coke, large glass, lots of ice, twist to lime. It's um, very specific. But,
2: like it, everywhere you go, oh, like it, you it, hear like I always remember yeah. some kind of ice somewhere.
3: <laughs> yeah, lots of ice. So yeah, but, and and I did that, and then and then I got off the rum and cokes, and um for the most part, and really started to get into wine, as which you and I have shared a few bottles over time. Um, and I really still do love wine. And uh, and and I, I said to Sean, when are, we have to start a Bobby Brunello or a Bobby Barolo or a Bobby Barbaresco. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, the, the margarita thing, as I said, when I was on the road and we'd go to a Mexican restaurant, we'd all get pictures. I think the very first one I had was in Dallas. And and I I, um, I think for one story, I told somebody that it would have been the first time the Dallas Stars played. I went to Dallas and a bunch of media people went out for dinner. And then I started thinking about it after I'd said that. And I think the very first time I had a margarita was probably one of the Dallas Stars Cup Finals. And we all went out to a Mexican restaurant in Dallas and got multiple pictures of margaritas and they were fantastic frozen margaritas or whatever. And it was great. And I, and I saw that's great, but margarita is a labor intensive process. And as I said, I, it was 2016 before I decided to buy the blender and the, uh, and go to the Martha Stewart recipe. And, um, and then once I did that, yeah, uh, over the course of, each of those summers afterwards. It's a great summer drink, but um, now I'm selling it, peddling it year round. But the labor
2: intensive process is exactly why a canned cocktail works. People like me, I'm lazy. I don't want to, yeah. I, I, because of you, I actually went and got the Margaritaville blender. I think I've used it like three times. It's like, you got to clean it up. Yeah. It's a mess, all the different ingredients to really make it good. You got to salt the rim. Now you come along with a canned cocktail. How many different iterations, how many different taste tests did you do? And, and, you know, how did you decide on the winner?
3: Well, you're, you're right. And, you know, mixing a margarita is labor intensive. And honestly, even though we had this idea and we started working on it in March and April, I was a little bit skeptical because I thought the first thing is this. So back it up for a second. So you know me pretty well. And if I'm going to put my name on something and I'm going to jump into the deep end of the pool and really do something. You do nothing halfway. It it, it, it can't be half-assed. It's it's got to be, it's got to be really, really good. And there was part of me that was really skeptical because I know, you know, the thing about a margarita is it's tequila. It's Cointreau or triple sec. It's a lot of lime juice. It's sugar or simple syrup. And then there's all sorts of variations you can, you know, after that. But that's the basics. And so that's that's a lot of stuff. So, and that's a heavy-duty alcohol content. So when you're making ready-to-drink cocktails, they're all gonna be four, five, six, seven percent max. And then I'm thinking, you know, you can't sell a ready-to-drink cocktail today, I think successfully, and it can't be like three, four hundred calories a can with like you know, 40 grams of sugar. Um, people just aren't gonna, you know. I would be the only one buying it then. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 if you do have numbers like that, I mean, how many of them can you drink? In your case, it might be six, but <laughs> 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 um, but but I, I thought this is a really going to be a challenging thing to try and duplicate the complicated, complex taste of a margarita in a ready to drink can that meets all the nutritional requirements of of you know not being off the chart with sugars and calories and whatever. So I was a little bit and I thought to myself if if it if it doesn't taste really 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 good, not going to do it. Just not going to do it because I I can't be embarrassed and have people say this tastes like shit. Um so so anyways we started and and because of covid we couldn't do it in person and so the ace beverage company by the way that's our partner they're they're absolutely fantastic they're really good at this whole ready to drink thing cottage springs is just a huge brand in ontario um ace hill as well and and just a terrific bunch of people at the the place so anyways they said listen we'll 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 figure this out it's not that difficult so we did a virtual testing they They couriered like two or three samples to the house, and the first night and we all got on a zoom call, and me and Sean had some people from the uh, the Ace beverage company, a couple of friends of mine that I wanted in on it and so we did it, and I was like, mm, this tastes like fruit juice it's not, it doesn't taste like a margarita." and I was really kind of discouraged that night. They said, "No, don't worry about it. That was just the starting point so we they took notes. And uh, there was a girl named Jenna that put the whole thing together. She mixes all this stuff for Ace herself. And so then we did another one and they, they couriered four samples to the house like a week or two weeks later. And we had another Zoom thing and it was better, um, but it still wasn't where it needed to be, not even close in my mind. And they said, okay, and we'll keep working at it. Don't worry, this is the way the process works. And so... And then the restrictions started to get lifted on COVID a little bit. And they said, okay, it was in July. And they said, we can now get up to 25 people in a room in one place. And so we went down to their place at King and Bathurst in Toronto, where they can actually mix on site. And and we had a bunch of people from the Ace Beverage Company, myself, my wife, Cindy, Sean, his girlfriend, Sydney, some friends of mine. And we all went in and... We, we nailed it that night and there were nine different uh, mixtures that we went through and they kept on just, we would taste two or three. They would say, they would take notes from everybody on what they thought of them. And, and then they'd go back and they'd mix up a batch of another three and they kept on doing that. And we ended up with nine. And, but the the funny story on that is the very first one of the first of the nine that night, they brought it out one, one by itself. And I took it and I tasted it. I go, this is fantastic. This is it. We've hit it boom we're done and that and i said that that's the formula right there they said yeah about that that's the martha stewart recipe you said you like so much that would actually have tequila cointreau sugar lime juice and they go we just wanted to come up with what our baseline of what we're trying to get our margarita to taste like the margarita that you like and you like the drink that's what we're working towards now let's try and get there and so we did two three four five six seven eight nine and it was actually, it might have been number seven or number eight that ended up being the formula that was the closest to what I drink a margarita as. And that's kind of where we're at.
2: And what has the response been? I, I know you've done book tours and all sorts of stuff in the past, but to be in yeah. in the liquor stores in Alberta uh, yeah. last week and w- when you were out there for World Junior Camp, what what was it like?
3: It was fun. It was It was really fun because, you know, it's like, That instant gratification of, well, you're trying to sell something, you know, and I I told people, I said, there's nothing more disheartening when you do like a book signing. And you say, I'm gonna be at the chapters indigo on this street at such and such a time. And you go and you've pumped it on social media and there's been all sorts of ads, and then you get there and like there's like, nobody there, and you're you're sitting at a desk and you got your head down, you go, I'm a loser. How how quickly <laughs> can I did. get out of here? Yeah, and and you always run that risk and and then that feeling though of when you're selling books and I've been in Costco and and banged out 150 or 200 books in an hour. And you're like, Oh, I'm so good at this. (laughs) And and you just never know which way it's going to go. And, uh, and so we promoted the hell out of Bobby Margarita on social media and social media is is such a driver. I found that out. I knew it, but I, I really knew it in when we did the Calgary liquor stores, because virtually everybody who came said, Oh, I, I saw your thing on TikTok, Oh, I saw your thing on Twitter oh I saw your thing on Instagram virtually everybody that was there was because they they saw it on social media so um, that's a big driver and and you know the first place we went great wine store in Calgary um, Willow Park wine and spirits their flagship store and they got I think they had 15 cases of Bobby Margarita and they put it out I, I said I'll be there at six o'clock or 630 and they put it out at four o'clock and I promoted the fact that I was gonna be there at six. Almost half the cases were gone before I got there. And then when I got there, the rest of the cases were gone within 60, 75 minutes. So it was really successful. And the feedback we're getting on the, the taste is real positive. Um, and I told, and I, this was really important and both the Ace Beverage Company told me this and I told them that we, we both agreed we can get people out like we'll we'll get the hockey crowd out the the hockey stick if you will of bobby margarita people will buy it for the novelty factor oh bob mckenzie bobby margarita i got to i got to grab one of those but if they open it up and they they pour it into a glass or they they fire it out of the can um if it tastes like crap they're never going back they'll say oh that was fun but that tastes like garbage so that's why the what's in the can is the most important thing. And, and that's why I'm somewhat gratified. All the responses seem to be really, really positive so far.
2: Mm-hmm. You mentioned the the background of it and, and clearly this is a true family affair. And Sean, your co-conspirator, co-creator here is heavily involved. You're tapping into the branding expertise of, of Sid. Uh, but got to ask about the, the other side of the family dynamic. You guys know, Sean, from being on Sportsnet as an ACE reporter, your other son, Mike, the GM and head coach of the Kitchener Rangers in the OHL. I always laugh at the dynamic because it reminds me so much of me and my brother, you know, two brothers that probably couldn't be more different. Um, oh, yeah. but Mike's not involved. Is there any, as, as the success has, uh, you know, <laughs> you see the, the launch of the Bobby Margarita is Mike, you know, is he disappointed that he wasn't in it
3: um he goes he joked and said wait what about me and I said Mike I go you know the drill you have a real job Sean and I are in the media (laughs) (laughs) he's got actual real responsibilities um with the uh, GM head coach the Kitchener Rangers so he actually works for a living unlike Sean and myself um who are in the media and when you're in the media you can always find time to do the other things that you like but uh no he's uh he's all good. Mike's no no problem there. And, uh, he's, he's part of the empire in his own way.
2: Mm -hmm. But speaking of work, I mean, the whole point of stepping into semi-retirement was to do less. Now you're on this whole, like, how do you balance this? That as I know you, you're like, why do I do this? Like, you know, you're like, I just want to sit here and do nothing.
3: Yeah. You know what? There's a, a lot of truth to that, Frank. Um, but I don't know. This one was too interesting to pass up, to be honest. I mean.
2: What, seeing yourself on a cardboard
3: cutout? Yeah, cardboard cutout, having your own drink. Come on. Look at it.
2: So I, I must confess, I did see an original iteration of the label, and I did like the one where your face was right on the front. Oh,
3: yeah. So, yeah. So as we went through this, I, I sent you some of the, the mock-ups of the different things, and you're right. That illustration right there was basically where the margarita glass was on on the original. And yeah, I kind of liked it too, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, we, more we discussed it um, and it comes back to the hockey crowd. So yeah, there's, a, there are a lot of people in Canada who know who I am by virtue of the job that I've had over the last 40 years. And as a TSN hockey insider, um, but the reality is, there are more people who don't have a clue who I am and certainly don't have a clue of the Bobby Margarita backstory. So we started talking about it and saying it might confuse people. And and initially the thought was, yeah, you know what? We could pull it off because it's just like a cartoon character. It's just, who's this stupid guy with sunglasses and a suit (laughs) selling margaritas with a hockey stick on the front. What does it all mean? It doesn't really matter. It's just like, It's just a cartoonish guy and people will, if it says margarita, they'll buy it. And then we started thinking about it and and thought, eh, maybe not. So why don't we hit people over the head with the simplicity of what's in the can? Forget about the hockey stick. Forget about what a Bobby margarita means. Just look at the can and a glass and classic margarita, classic margarita. Like how many times? Margarita is on the can three times and it's kind of overkill, but it's not because then you find out when you're in a liquor store and certainly in Ontario, you're in a case, you're in a cardboard case. So that's all you see. Hmm. And, and so if that's all you see, and now you've got a picture of a guy, you don't know who the hell he is or what it is. You might lose the fact that it's a margarita or whatever. So now you've got the reinforcement of that. So anyways, we're We're really happy with the um it addresses both and the the fact that we got to put the legend of Bobby Marguerite on the side addressing scratches my the issues itch. Yeah. Yeah, exactly
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah, I'm looking forward to trying it at a certain point uh when you're able to smuggle it across the border, we'll have to get together. <laughs> uh, but I can't let you go without asking you quickly about uh, your your other job, and that is uh, the world juniors coming up on t s n it's the holiday season. Give us a quick download of what to expect at this year's tournament. Uh, how does Team Canada shape up and stack up?
3: I think Team Canada looks good. Um, but, I mean, I say this every year. Uh, it's a crapshoot trying to figure out. You're, you're dealing with 10 teams that have never been together before, will never be together again. Um, and so it's a real you, – you always try to look at it and you're going, okay, well, how many first-round picks does this team have? How many returning players does this team have? How many 19-year-olds does this team have? How did this particular age group do in the under 18, the under 17, and the various cohorts as you put them all together? So you kind of mix all the match, all those things. To thing, And at the end of the day, you always come up with the same thing. Oh, you know what? Canada, the USA, Finland, Russia, and Sweden, are all legitimate gold medal threats. I think people think the Swedes aren't as good this year as maybe they have been some other years. And not having Lucas Raymond will certainly impact them negatively. Um, People think the Russians are really good because that 19-year-old cohort for the Russians has been very successful in the under-18s, under-17s. And uh, so they've they've got a really strong group. Um, Canada and the U.S. are always a threat. Finland's always a threat, too. The the biggest thing um, that, that jumped out at me when we did our World Junior Preview show, and I didn't realize this, Um, But they put up a, a board in the World Junior Preview Show to show in the last nine World Junior Championships, Canada's won three gold medals, the Americans have won three gold medals, and the Finns have won three gold medals. No other team other than Canada, Finland, and the U.S. have won a gold medal in the last nine years. Now, I think the Russians have been in like five or six gold medal games but they they haven't been able to get over the hump so is this the year they do it they you know they might be on paper the team that would be favored or co-favorites anytime the tournament's in Canada Canada's always got to be considered a co-favorite the Americans are always good and so are the Finns. canada's got the finland uh, game new year's eve which will be fun in edmonton uh, so yeah i just uh, i think and it's a, it's a, it's a great tournament the potential number 1 overall pick in this year's draft chain right is potential number one center on team Canada. And then you've got the storyline of the next year, the 2023 um, NHL draft with Connor Bedard and Matt DeMitchkoff who plays for the Russians. So those, those storylines are always fun on top of who's going to win.
2: Should we give uh, the evil Quizmaster a shout
3: out for that board or what? Absolutely. He deserves it. That was all him. Uh, that's fair. Uh,
2: if it's a board on TSN, it's usually coming from him and he's usually checked it six times.
3: So, uh, (laughs) that's certainly, (laughs) yes, you know, the drill.
2: Yep. Certainly happy to give him a shout out. And, and Bob, thank you so much for joining us. You've got a lot of nicknames, Bobby Margarita. Now the hockey insider, uh, you know, to me, you'll be uncle Bob. I can't tell you how much you've meant to me in my career and my family. So thanks so much for hopping on to talk about the marg, and I can't wait to try it.
3: Well, thanks for having me, Frank. Really appreciate it. And, uh, have everybody a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And, uh, or whatever you celebrate at this time of the year, all the best. So thanks, Frankie.
2: Yep. And we'll see you on TSN for all the world junior coverage throughout the holidays.
1: Well, Frank, great interview, man. Um, uh, I had Bobby, Ma- Bobby Mac Bobby Mack, Bobby Margarita on my show. I actually had the Bobby Margarita. Also, you know what? I kind I like that it wasn't carbonated. That's what I'm going to say. I don't, uh, you know, there's enough carbonated drinks come up with something unique. And that's what this was. And, uh, the world juniors, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, calling the the games, uh, in Canada on the TSN network for, uh, for all the Canada games. So that starts on boxing day and you know what, uh, Americans, man, there's lots of young players in this tournament that I'm pretty excited to watch. Yeah, no doubt about that. I'm, I'm really interested in the
2: 2023 guys. I know we were all excited about Shane, Wright, But I want to see what Connor Bedard's like. And, uh, and uh, this Russian that I can't pronounce his name, Matve something or other, Matchek. Yeah, yes. I'm going to go with that for the moment. That's like, as close as I can get. Yeah. Oh, but hey, he scores goals like that, and I'll learn his name in short order.
1: I, I can tell you, Frank, I just got the, the enunciation guide. And some of the Austrian names and the German names, like, man, I got Those are the hardest there's, games. Well, you just want to – there's nothing worse than if you – um you know, butcher someone's name while you're doing it. So, uh, but here's the best part, not to
2: say that you want to get it wrong, but you know, their mom or dad is not listening to the TSN radio network in Germany. So say whatever you need, just get through it.
1: Yeah. Oh, no, I know. I will get through it. It's I'm, I, well, it's more so my buddy Struddy. He's uh he's a, he's a tongue twister when it comes to like, Ooh. you know, Frank Saravali. he would. Uh, so it's you and strutty doing all the games. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it should be, uh, it should be good. Have a good weekend, Frank. Hopefully uh, not many more uh, games postponed and everybody gets through it. Oh, lastly, are you done your Christmas shopping?
2: Uh, Yeah, I actually completed it yesterday. So checked off the old wife on the list and we're good to go. Dude,
1: this is the first year ever that I was done like a month before. My wife gave me a list of stuff and literally the next day I just said, okay, you know what? Here it is. Done. And it was just like freeing. I'm because usually I'm the guy who's like December twenty, Christmas Eve. 4th. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and I kind of like it because I can I can be under pressure and then I'm in and I'm out. I just go. But now I'm just kicking back, having a few eggnogs. I'm like, this is unreal. Got nothing to worry about.
2: You're an eggnog yeah. guy, huh?
1: Oh, dude. They I don't know if they have it in Costco, but the pre mixed eggnogs. Have you had it? It's game changer, buddy. So we
2: our Costco doesn't sell alcohol. What? Yeah, it, uh, they gotta in sell our alcohol st-
1: everywhere. But-
2: no, no, not not in Pennsylvania there. It's like we're medieval times. Like you got to you can't even get alcohol and beer in the same place. You got to go
1: to two different places. Oh, yeah. Well, that well, Costco's liquor store is right outside. So I should say that we don't have we don't have booze in the actual. Oh, uh, no, yeah, we don't. But you got to like go to great. a state store. Yeah, no, ours like the, the one entrance, you go left, you go to Costco, you go right, you go to the Costco liquor store.
2: Oh, and- man, I really want to go to a Costco. I heard their booze is like actually legit. Dude. Like their, their brand name, they're like store brand booze.
1: Yes. It's very good.
2: Kirkland. Yeah. It's very yes. good. And
1: it's cheap, man. Like, Oh, trust me. But anybody out there, if you're looking, try the, uh, the if you're
2: in college, go to get your liquor
1: at Costco. <laughs> oh, that's very true. But, uh, the Costco eggnog, Frank, but, but they're not even a sponsor of the show, but I will plug their eggnog. Yeah. Uh, it's quite good. I, I look, I,
2: I, I get into, it's only, like, you can only have one or two of the eggnogs, but, yes. uh, I've been on a big, big old fashioned kick oh,
1: and I love the old fashions.
2: I, I you know my dad got me this one the other day. It's like a pre mixed jar. Uh, it's a, it's dry fruit and mm-hmm. like big sugar sticks, uh, simple syrup. Uh, yeah, so yeah. what you do, all you do is you pour the booze into this jar and then yeah. you put it in your fridge to sit for three days, and it mixes with all the fruit and the sugar, and you end up with like a ready to pour old fashioned right out of the out of your fridge.
1: And is it a little sweet? I haven't gotten there yet. I, oh.
2: I I went on a trip. I'm actually in Florida right now. I poured it. I put it in my fridge like five days ago and I cannot wait to go home and open it.
1: Oh, Now you ever had a Negroni? Uh, I have not, but I, I got to get in
2: on this. So if you guys don't follow Jason Greger on Instagram, he does this thirsty Thursday. I got to get in on this.
1: Dude. uh, And I I, know I got to give a lot of credit to my wife. She's the former bartender. She makes like, I would say I do 1% of those drinks. She comes up with most of them. And honestly, dude, like I'm like a kid every Thursday. I'm like, Ooh, what do I get today? Like, it's awesome. And there's so many good ones. So,
2: but how many do you have though? This is the question. Do you just have one and you're done or.
1: What do you do uh, well no no some days i'll have to, i'll have like one or two during the show which you know during the and, show uh, and then wow. uh, oh yeah because we do it during the show because we talk about it with Struds. he's in, oh. you know he does he's at my house on thursday so that's why we do it and uh, we had the bobby margarita the one day which is quite nice crushed uh crushed those super can sizes so that was nice and then usually i'll have them afterwards but what i find is now when we have people over i have a lot of them like hey can you make that one so that, that, like they'll save. What you the got it. You must have like stock. a hell of a stock bar because of a, all this. Yeah, we do have a pretty big bar. I'm not going to lie. So and, uh, and the problem uh, is like you buy certain bottles and you make it for one drink. But now you're like, well, what, what am I using? Like, especially any like the liqueur stuff. That's where you just have these bottles of whatever. So now when I have a, a post party, I'm like, OK, I want to get rid of this one. So I'll just make like six. And when people show up, here you go. You can try this one. So, this has been a vice filled episode 88 edition of the rundown. Yeah. Hey, you know what? All in moderation, kids. All in moderation. Frank, uh, enjoy Florida. We will talk to you on Monday. Thanks for listening to the DFO rundown with Saravali and Gregor. Keep it locked on dailyfaceoff.com and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode delivered by DoorDash.
0: But there's more, you gotta decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear. And you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.